Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report for Wednesday the 11th of January. I'm Anthony Day. This week we turn to technology. I'm talking to Paul Hughes about new applications for batteries, how they can store energy, save energy, save money and cut carbon emissions. As Paul says, if you're selling your solutions simply on environmental benefits, it's a difficult sell. If you can show it pays for itself in two or three years or less, and the system lasts much longer than that, it starts to make business sense. Here's what we discussed. So, Paul, welcome. You are president and co-founder of Shift to Clean Energy. And thank you for talking today to the Sustainable Futures Report. Thank you very much for the offer. A major part of your business is batteries, and we're getting more and more familiar with batteries. Now, if you've got an electric car, the more powerful they are and the longer range you get, the longer you have to sit at a charging point, especially if you can't find a high-speed charging point. So look at your website. I was intrigued to see that you have come up with the idea of swapping the battery, not for cars, but tell me, about these applications that the swappable battery is uh, designed for? Of course. Um, um, so batteries in industrial uh, applications such as marine are, are quite different than applications such as cars. And cars tend to operate two or three hours a day. Mm. Um, vessels, uh, marine applications will operate 24-7-365. So um, you, you kind of uh, raise a very important point here that uh, if you're the cap if you're the vessel owner, you can't afford for your crew to sit there for six hours and or 40 minutes and wait for for, for your, your vessel to charge. Now, there's a few few things to talk about there. One of them is um, you have a different type of battery for a marine vessel than you would do at a car. And that's so you can do uh, things like fast charging. Um, but fast charging has some, some challenges on the amount of infrastructure you need to put in place. Uh, the making sure you've got enough energy coming into the port setting or the harbour setting. So really what, what we developed was a an application called PowerSwap to kind of deal with the three key problems uh, for marine electrification. And those problems are space, weight, cost. And so what, what PowerSwap allows us to do is in, instead of you waiting for your, your, your vessel to charge or your car to charge, um, and you do a fast swap. So instead of fast charging, you do fast swapping. Now that brings a whole host of benefits because now you can manage your battery in a better way. It can extend for longer. You can have less infrastructure in place. So you don't need to have all the power electronics for very high charging. And, and also you can deploy a, a different kind of business model, um, which we're all familiar with. If you, if you rent a, a car or something like that for higher purchase, you can have a, a pay-as-you-go model. Uh, which is a, a big driver for change because you turn a capital cost of electrification into an operating cost uh, for electrification. So the savings you can generate through decarbonisation will pay for your ability to decarbonise your vessel. Okay, so you <clears throat> set up a stock of batteries at a port and you charge them. And when a vessel comes in, you take out the exhausted batteries and you put in fresh batteries and off the vessel goes. What size vessels are we talking about? What sort of range are they achieving? 
Yeah, so it's a whole range of different uh, classes of vessels. So they range from crew transfer vessels in Singapore, for example, uh, which will be working continuously to take uh, pilots to their vessels and things like that. Cargo vessels. Um, some of the cargo vessels we're doing, say, in, in, in the Netherlands, uh, will be operating for eight hours uh, continuously in a, in a day to, to, to go to station. So the actual duty cycle of the, of the vessel changes you know, from, from application to application. Really, the size of the vessel, um, although it impacts the choice and the size of the power swap cartridge, it, it, does, um, it doesn't prevent it from pursuing the power swap uh, solution. So, so what we've done is we've developed um, our application to have very small batteries. So small for our size um, is, is about this. We package them into something about the size of an American fridge. Uh, so that's kind of visually what it looks like. So that, so that and how many kilowatt hours do you get into something yeah. like that? So that's a 70 kilowatt hour system. So a small vessel like a crew transfer vessel, you would have um, compartments on the side of each side of the catamaran. It's usually twin hulls. And you'd put two of these on each side. So you'd have four EPODs, cartridges, providing you with 280 kilowatts of power. In larger vessels... So say a barge, uh, you may just have one um, uh, uh, EPOD, but that would be, um, you know, similar sort of size, but just one, one, one EPOD of 300 kilowatts or something like that. We're doing some, um, some pusher vessels. So these are these push barges around. We're doing some pusher vessels in North America, which will need two 20 foot containers of swappable batteries. So, you know, you're talking about four and a half to five megawatts of batteries there. Wow. And depending on the duty cycle, you know, that could keep you going for half a day or a day. Okay, so you're not up to um, powering container ships yet then? Um, not not with a power swap solution. Those, those kind of um, blue sea vessels, uh, where you have where you're continuously operating. I mean, they may be at sea at 300 days a year. They're idealized for electrification, but in a slightly different way. So instead of um, making them 100% electric, what you do is hybridize the systems. So in the first instance, you may install a system which would look at how do I make the engines more efficient. So if I step back a little bit, really, really the objective of batteries is to optimize the system that you put it into. So if I go back to your car analogy, when, when you buy a car, you, you buy a car based on its fuel efficiency. It may be 55 miles an hour, and that's based on going uh, yeah, 40 miles per gallon uh, at, at uh, 55 miles an hour on, on a test track. So what batteries try and do is create that optimization by allowing your engine to run constant speed constant power so you get the optimal fuel efficiency the battery does all of the heavy lifting so if you need more power it uses its reserves of power if you don't need so much power you store it in the battery and in that way you can you can drive a huge efficiency so um, what do i mean by that so a small hybrid system with a large vessel that's hybrid uh, you would typically see um, emission reductions of between 20 and 30 percent you would see fuel cost savings of about 20 to 25%, and you would see operational maintenance cost of a reduction of about 55%. So it's very big impact for a hybrid system, which is what you would focus on for some of the biggest vessels. 
Right. Now, going back to the smaller vessels you were talking about earlier, are they pure electric or do they have a backup uh, diesel engine or something? Yeah, it varies. I mean, quite often we're, we're heading towards more and more electrification. Um, now, some vessel classes, you safety always comes first. So for tugboats, for example, you know, typically, even if you are can operate 100% electric, you would have a small generator on board just in case uh, you needed to. Um, but, you know, what we're seeing is the movement from um, diesel to small hybrid, small hybrid to large hybrid, large hybrid to all electric. So in Singapore, to, to come back to Singapore again, uh, we're doing the, uh, an all electric tugboat uh, for a company called Valiance. Um, so that will be the first of its kind. Um, whereas, you know, in, in, in the, and also in the Netherlands, we are doing a, a fully electric pusher vessel, but that has the ability to also call upon different energy sources if it needs to. So is this new build or is it retrofit? Those two are new build. Uh, typically, as a business, we're doing 50% uh, retrofit and 50% new build. Um, the, the One of the probably the hardest working batteries, uh, in certainly in Europe, probably the world, is a ferry that carries 7 million passengers a year. And that, we, we did that about six years ago. And we converted that from 100% diesel to 100% electric. And it operates 23 hours a day. And um, it saves about 1.3 million tonnes of, of carbon uh, a year. Well, I'm going to Ireland next year. Uh, sorry, next month. Okay. Uh, from Hollyhead across to Dublin. Uh, do you foresee that route ever being electrified? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the UK government is is very much committed to its uh, meeting its carbon pledges. Um, what 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 we're finding is. Um, Part of what I do is 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 an educational role. Um, many many different asset classes have been electrified in different parts of the world, but uh, you know they haven't necessarily been done in the UK. Uh, so the UK, um, you know, we're pushing hard to hybridize or fully electrify the, these routes, and the choices will be dependent upon how far the the vessel has to go, how many trips it does a day, what the uh, in, uh, what the uh, uh, charging uh, capabilities are at port. So yeah, it, it, in a matter of years, I think the majority of of the of these larger routes will be electrified in some shape or form. Okay, now I can see two constraints. One is the availability of lithium, unless mm -hmm. we change battery technology, and of course the other one is the availability of power to charge them. Because as we electrify the the transport fleet of all sites. All, all sorts as we move to heat pumps the demand for electricity is going up and up and up um how do you see the future with those in mind yeah i mean what, what i mean i've been involved with the same cell manufacturer for over 10 years so i've seen certain developments over those years the power density is one of them i am the same looking cell can get you 30 to 40 percent further than it used to 10 years ago and and the price of those batteries have come down very significantly uh, and that's a, a you know there's, there's a variety of different reasons behind that some of it is scale of production which is a sort of a major force for for the price changes um, now, to speak to your point about sort of lithium, I mean, lithium typically makes up about 12% of the components that go into a lithium cell. So there's a whole 
basket of other metals and components that go into them. What I would say about it is um, that there's a lot of reserves of lithium that are continuously being uh, discovered. And there's a lot of different techniques that are being utilized. Uh, for example, there's a company in San Diego that's developed um, a, a method of extracting lithium from the from, from mud uh, when, when it mines, as well as there's recycling technology coming out, uh, which we use actually for recycling ourselves, which allows us to extract the lithium and all the other components as well at cell manufacturing grade. So there's a bigger demand, absolutely, but there's also a very big supply of, of lithium, which is allowing prices to continuously uh, come down as we recycle, et cetera. On the, on the energy production side, um, yeah, we if you choose pretty much any sector is growing. I mean, the solar sector in the UK is, is I think it's got a threefold increase projected uh, over the next eight or so years. Uh, in the offshore wind sector, um, in the UK, which is one of the world leaders in offshore wind, uh, we're projecting a fivefold increase in 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 wind farm generation over yeah, by 2030. Um, in the offshore wind side of things, there's obviously a huge amount of vessels that get involved in the uh, building of that infrastructure and the maintenance of that infrastructure. Um, and batteries have a part to play obviously in that so we're for example we're doing heavy lift vessels for a client and we're doing ctvs for uh, for the building of uh, of, of uh, wind farms as well as ctvs for other clients for the maintenance of those wind farms ctv oh sorry crew transfer vessel uh -huh. yeah so these carry you know anywhere up to sort of 20 or so people out out from shore to the uh, offshore wind farm to, to service and maintain them. Now, batteries have a part to play as the energy mix changes, uh, because obviously we're building a lot more renewables. And, you know, as I'm sure you've um, sort of spoken to other, other people over many years, you end up with some issues. You know, the, the demand for power may not dovetail into for the supply of power. For example, you know, the wind typically blows very strongly at night and yet people are in bed and you don't have the demand for power because people work during the day. Batches have a part to play in that, in that they can uh, peak shave unused or unwanted power during the night and then deliver that power in a safe and secure way during the day to reduce the peakiness of, of, of price fluctuations during the day. And it does that the opposite way around for, for solar charge during the day and released during the night uh, or for different applications. Yes, we're still relying in this country on about 50% gas for uh, our electricity generation. In other parts of the world, it's not gas, it's coal. Yep. So we have got a long, long way to go before renewables are actually doing the major part of the heavy lifting. Uh, do you not see that as a problem? Uh, balancing that against the the um, desire to achieve net zero twenty fifty. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it is a, it is a challenge. I mean, because you're having to you know look at the infrastructure that's been invested in over the last seventy years. And, you know, I think when the grid was put in, no one foresaw that we'd have a, turn our houses into power generators right. with solar in the roof or, or 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 need to turn our houses into petrol stations equivalently by by charging you know, your car at home. So there, there's a lot of change that's happening. But the pace of change, the amount of technology that's uh, being developed and is now commercial and is ready for prime time. 
has also sort of is allowing that transition to take place. So I think we're in, in an exciting period where we, you know, a lot of these things are now more at least as cost effective as the carbon equivalents. But it is, you know, there's no silver bullet to any of these things. You know, solar's not the answer, wind's not the answer, the battery's not the answer. But how they work collaboratively together to create part of the, the mix is really super important. I mean, as you pointed out, different countries have different strengths. We're, we're typically not a very big solar nation, but we are a very strong wind nation. And so you couple that with, with batteries, for example, to even out the, the, the supply and demand side of things, and we will be you know, switching off uh, gas-fired power stations gradually over time to ensure that we at home or we at the office have you know, continuation of, of lights staying on and heating staying on. We've spoken about your swappable batteries and in yep. particular your marine applications, but you also provide stationary batteries as well. Does uh, What sort of applications are they for? Yeah, um, so uh, the batteries we've designed are very focused on industrial applications. So they're not really designed to be uh, retail products, so for people's houses. So the focus for land-based applications has been uh, port settings, for example. So you, you you asked about the container ships. You know, whilst we can hybridize those or hybridize components of those, another key part that batteries have to play is when these large vessels come from their their, their movements from China into the UK with containers, for example, um, when they're at port. Uh, typically, you know, ports uh, will in a port city. Typically, forty to sixty percent of the pollution that's caused in a port city is caused by that port. Um, you know, the, 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 the fumes that are going up the stacks of those vessels when they're stationary. So what we do is we work with the ports, we work with the fleet owners to effectively provide what we call cold ironing to those vessels when they're ashore. Now, what that means is plugging them into batteries or the grid uh, to allow the, instead of running diesel gensets for the, the house load, the air conditioning, things like that of these vessels, we, we put them on to um, electric, uh, electric power. Now to do that, you either need a huge amount of spare capacity of generation at the port, and that generation, as you point out, may be gas. So that's that's not the cleanest thing to put, you know, you're not going to decarbonize things overnight for using gas-fired power stations. Um, but batteries have a part to play because you can store the, the spare energy or the or the cheaper energy at night and provide capacity to plug that uh, that boat into those batteries and i'm talking you know container loads of these batteries not 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 little pods that we talked about with power swap uh, big banks of these batteries to allow those vessels to be zero emission when they're at port so that's one application trains are another application that um, i think we'll be moving into over time but we're not actively doing now um and mining uh, and drilling we do offshore drilling um but there's lots of applications on onshore drilling as well so you could foresee trains operating on batteries so we wouldn't have to put in overhead wires on the remaining unelectrified lines indeed indeed yeah no. as with swappable batteries you know you can swap those batteries out at certain stations uh, to allow you to have that range um it's it, it, the, the the things that people have experienced with their cars you know you, you can think about that in all these applications and power swap in the marine world is about having power swap stations so vessels can go 
from the right uh, from Rotterdam to Hamburg, for example, with trains. Again, there's going to be small stations and large stations that those trains go through. Uh, sort of the, the the larger size stations, you'll be able to do fast swapping. You know, in the space of a minute, you can take an empty battery out and put a new battery in. Okay, as quickly as that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, one of the key questions about this is investment. And yep. nobody's going to change from burning dirty diesel or whatever it is that you, you burn in, in vessels or even in factories uh, if it's not cost effective. Um, and so how does it stack up from a cost effective point of view? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, if, uh, if, if, if all you're doing is providing environmental benefits, then you know, you're, you're dealing with very fringe activities that people do this for, for non-profit reasons. Um, for, for, for us and for our clients, uh, typically, I mean, you can deal with systems that have an immediate payback, day one payback. So it's very cost effective. With other clients, typically, we don't touch projects unless they have a payback of between three and four years latest. And, and these are batteries that have a 10, 11, 12 year life. So you're getting, you know, from a customer's perspective, a, a fleet owner's perspective, you're getting two or three times your money back with the investment. So they're very cost effective. Now, they're cost effective for a number of reasons. One of them is you're saving fuel. If you're doing a hybrid system, you're saving a lot of fuel. If you're doing an electric system, the cost of electricity typically is 25% of the cost of carbon fuels. So you're saving a lot of fuel costs there. You're also saving a lot of maintenance. Again, think about your electric car uh, comparison. With a with with an existing kind of car, you would have you know, you've got liquids to 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 service. You get lots of moving parts. With with an electric car, you you don't have liquids. Uh, you you have motors which which last seemingly forever. So the cost of maintenance will reduce by at least fifty percent. Uh, when you when you convert from from diesel to electric, and then you have the rising costs of of carbon. You know, there people are being nudged by governments in different ways. I mean, the cost of carbon isn't the same across the world, um, and that's nudging people to realise there's a cost of emitting carbon that you have to pay for. So you have a choice: do I do I want to pay to 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 pay for the carbon that I'm emitting, or do I want to invest in infrastructure that will reduce that cost? So as i say some projects have an immediate payback some have usually no more than three or four years power swap um is is a part technology uh, solution to this and uh, to extend and broaden the range of vessels that can electrify but it's also part commercial uh, by turning a capital cost into an operational cost um from day one customers are saving money so there's really from a commercial standpoint there's no reason not to do it and, and the added benefit is you as a company are meeting your ESG targets, you're differentiating yourself by demonstrating to your client base, your customer base, that, that, that you're a your com company that cares about the environment. Well, Paul, that's fascinating. It's a new perspective on the future. Thank you very much for sharing all these ideas with us at the uh, Sustainable Futures Report. It's a pleasure to be here, Anthony, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to you today. Paul Hughes, President and Co-Founder of Shift Clean Energy. Paul says batteries are not the solution, wind power is not the solution, solar power is not the solution. The solution lies with using all of these and other sources of energy together. The corporate website is shift-cleanenergy.com and there's a YouTube video you should watch. Robert Llewellyn on his fully charged show, 
is taking a trip on the world's largest battery-powered ferry, one of Shift Clean Energy's case studies. There's a link to that, of course, on the website, sustainablefutures.report, and, of course, there's a link on the Shift Clean Energy website as well. Next week, we turn to trees. Hank Dearden's objective is reforestation on a global scale. He tells us how he hopes to achieve that and how we can help. Thanks for listening this time. Thanks for being a patron if you are. And of course, all the details are at patreon.com SFR if you're not. I'm Anthony Day. That was the Sustainable Futures Report. Until next time. Thank you.